You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here is your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 7th, episode 3241. Good morning, horse people. You have found Horses in the Morning on a Monday. You're in for an amazing horsey week of laughter, learning, and fun with Glenn and Jamie. Well, we have a fun show planned for you today. Sarah Booth is going to join us from the Shea Center in San Juan Capistrano, which is still one of the coolest names for a town ever. And she's going to tell us the story of Chaco and his near-death experience and all the amazing things that he did after. It's a good story. It, it ends up good, yeah. Didn't start good, but ends up good. A lot of good things happened because of his near-death experience. And Devin Horn's going to return in a couple of minutes, give us an update on the Mongol Derby. They're on day six, uh, and they're more than halfway done now. Doesn't it seem like... We talked about this on Friday, and it seems like f- five days since we talked on Friday. I know it's not been, but I mean, like, can you they're imagine still riding. <laughs> six days, and you're oh, almost halfway. Oh, my God, kill me. <laughs> so she's going to join us with an update on who's doing what there. Um, we have that coming up on today's show. And we have some equestrian first world problems, but I want to address something. Man, this has been a tough week for horses and horse people. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can just Google it. But there was a barn fire in Georgia, a bunch of horses found in Texas, Maple Leaf Mel, who is just a heart-wrenching story. And uh, we wanted to, you know, we'd love to talk about all these things, but then we're like, kind of really bringing down a Monday. So uh, if you want more information on those, you can go look for it. But for the most part, I just want to give a little peace and love to all those involved with all of those stories. And we're going to move on and talk about some happier stuff. Okay. Sound good, Glenn? It sounds good. I mean, yeah, after reading the news from the weekend, it was like, <sighs> oh, man, <laughs> we're here to bring joy to the world. That's our job. So yeah, let's yeah. start with some daily winnies. I have one auditor birthday today, and that's Tanya from Denmark. We have so many listeners over in Europe, and we really appreciate you all. And Tanya, we hope you have a terrific day. Now, her day's almost over, but we hope you had a wonderful birthday. (laughs) (laughs) And enjoy it to the fullest. Man, any of you who have ever sold a vehicle privately, y'all get my Winnie, and I need a little... uh encouragement. Dude, I've been trying to sell my Beetle. So like I bought myself a new car because I needed a more appropriate family vehicle. It turns out a Volkswagen Beetle is not going to take your kid and your dog and all your his sports equipment to his games and stuff comfortably. So I had to get a bigger car. So I got the car, but I, the, the trade-in value for my Beetle was embarrassing because it's it's kind of a collector's thing. They're not making beetles anymore. And there's like a cult following of people who want these things. So instead of trading it in and getting pennies on the dollar, I decided to sell it. 
Oh, God. Now you're wishing you had traded it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could have taken the loss. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I've probably had, I've had 15 people not show up for a point to come and see uh, it. Where are you advertising it? Auto Trader? So no, no, no. I put it on, <laughs> this isn't probably my mistake is I put it on Facebook marketplace and like all the beetle, there's like a billion beetle Facebook pages for people. So I put it in all of those and I get, mes- I get probably six, eight messages about it a day. And the messages are like, Oh, you know, what's wrong with it? Does it wrong? And I answer all the questions I even made inside and outside videos. I videoed me starting it up. Like people are coming. So I make this one appointment and they're like, we will be there in the morning. We are so excited. I'm buying it from my daughter-in-law. She's so excited about it. And, um, morning of, they're supposed to be here at like nine and he calls me at eight and he's like, well, we're not going to, we're not going to be able to come. And I was like, why? We've been talking all week. I've answered everything. What else do you want? You want a child? You want blood? What do you want? Uh, just noticed it's a stick shift. <laughs> yeah. It's in the ad. Aren't most beetles from that age stick shifts? No, no, it's okay. very rare to have a turbo diesel stick uh, shift. It's it, this is a super kind of rare find. We were really excited about the turbo and the diesel, but my daughter can't drive stick. <laughs> learn. That's what I said. I'm like, dude, this is the greatest car ever because you cannot text and drive. You can't. You have to just drive. You yeah, can't eat. True. You can't drink. You can't text. You can do nothing. If you're buying this car for your daughter, like this is the best car to get your child. Yeah, she she doesn't want to do it. She, yeah, I'm like, yeah, she wants to text. Because she wants to text and drive and eat at the same time. Well, I have um then the other messages which are. You know, like it's an, I'm not selling the car for that much. It's like $10,000 car, right? Uh, how many people have messaged me? Um, do you, will you take payments? Oh yeah. There you go. Um, you need to go to auto trader and pay the 40 bucks or whatever. Well, my response at, to the first person who wrote that was very nice. And my response to the 15th person who has <laughs> written that has changed dramatically. That's what banks are for. You can go and get a loan. You bring me the check and you make payments to a responsible institution. I'm like, what do I look like? So my my responses have downgraded as far as kindness. And you wonder why nobody's coming up. And it's weird. Nobody comes. They don't even write back after I say things like that. It's weird. But supposedly somebody's super excited and they're coming up from like South Texas. It's Friday. And they're really excited. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so that is about that. Plan mm-hmm. on that. <laughs> like Chad says, it only takes one. It only takes one. <laughs> Again, auto trader, you might get better quality people. Maybe, maybe I should do that instead of Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> my free advertising for my car. <laughs> Good Lord. And then, oh, this is going to suck. This all sucks. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of Texas, you know, I, I was going to save this for Weird News on Wednesday, but I couldn't. I just couldn't. Because it's too good a story. What is the one thing I hate, and I don't even allow the auditors to post pictures of on... It's one of the few things I will not allow pictures of on the auditor room. Snakes. Yes. So... I don't like snakes. Matter of fact, I mean, people can post wieners of horses. That doesn't matter. You're fine with it, but like (laughs) a snake, you're banned. I I hide all snake pictures that are posted on my on my feed. I just don't like seeing that and ticks. I have a good reason for ticks, but um, so this is a story that is a nightmare. (laughs) Out of Silsby, Texas, a snake fell out of the sky and landed on a woman mowing her yard. 
Shut up. Out of the sky? What? Came out of an airplane? What? She was on her tractor mowing her home in Silsby uh, near Beaumont, Texas, on Tuesday afternoon. She describes how suddenly a snake fell on her, wrapping around her arm. The snake was squeezing so hard, I was waving my arms in the air trying to get the snake off, and then this hawk was swooping down and clawing at my arm over and over. So the hawk had the snake, hawk drops the snake, lands on this woman's arm, snake wraps around this woman's arm, and the hawk wants its snake back. So oh the, my God. The hawk kept dr- coming down and ripping at the snake, which was also ripping the flesh off her arm. She had cuts all the way up and down her arm. She, As far as she can tell, she was not bit by the snake, although they're watching that. I don't know if it's poisonous or not. But, uh, but the hawk got her good. I mean, ripped her arm to shreds. The hawk came down four times trying to get the snake, and she said there was blood everywhere. Her husband heard me screaming and came running. As far as they could tell, there was no snake bite. Um, but she had to go to the hospital to get all her arm taken care of because of the cuts from the hawk. After the fourth attempt, the hawk got the snake and flew away. Is this the most bizarre story I've ever heard? That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Like, not only did a snake fall out of the sky on you, you know, like somebody will jokingly drape a plastic one. He's like, oh, this is alive. And then it's. Then the hawk was going to take it back. That's a hawk who really wanted his lunch. I mean, he wasn't taking no for an answer. It's like, holy crap. And then she discovered that the lens on her glasses were broken and there was snake venom on her glasses. Oh, my God. Gross. And this wasn't even her first encounter. Get this. She survived being bitten by a venomous snake a few years ago. This woman has bad luck when it comes to snakes. I think I'd be maybe having nightmares a, forever. I just a parcel tongue. I would need P, P what PTSD. What? How do you say that? PST, PT, P, PTSD. PTSD. I would be going to therapy for life. <laughs> 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 oh my that god! That is crazy. Is that the most bizarre story? It's going to save that for weird news, but it's even beyond weird news. <laughs> that <laughs> is crazy. Just... That's just creepy. <laughs> there, you can start your Monday with that. <laughs> We're supposed to be the Good News Network here, Jordan. <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't resist. You guys are torturing me with snakes all the time. It's my turn. <laughs> all right. Speaking of torture, they're having some bad weather over in Mongolia oh, for no, the Mongol really? Derby. So let's get Devin on the on the horn. Let's get Devin Horn on the horn uh, to give her update on the Mongol Derby. Welcome back, Devin. Hey, welcome, Glenn. <laughs> welcome to day seven. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been, uh, they're more than halfway. Matter of fact, they should, the front runners should be finishing, what, the next day or two? Uh, long two to, long maybe two days and probably closer to three with three. the pace that they're they're running right now. So. I, I think the leaders are at station 20 of 29 or 30, right? Yes. Okay. So that's at least two more days of riding for sure. Well, they've been having lovely sunny weather I've been reading. Um. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it just it um it really makes me laugh to imagine because the the Mongol Derby keeps updating when people try to put their rain gear on while they're riding and how that's going for them. Um, and, oh, come on, wild you, ponies love it when you throw like giant plastic bags all over yourself as you're in a dead gallop. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, my my horses here won't tolerate it, so I can't imagine <laughs> thinking to yourself, "Man, I'm just gonna whip my rain jacket out real quick and and 
get this done. Uh, they were describing the weather, and it sounds like the mornings have been pretty good, but then the afternoons, the rains come. Sounds like Florida, actually. Um, yeah. And apparently, this was the quote, and I love the way they write. The lightning shows have been pretty spectacular. Well, yeah, if you're in a truck following along, not so spectacular if you're riding a pony across an open field. It's just... Yeah, so the part of the course right now is just south of the um, the capital of Ulaanbaatar, which is pretty mountainous. They're kind of seeing some varied terrain where, you know, the the precipitation is sort of being trapped in the rain shadow of those mountains. So they're getting two o'clock rain showers. They're getting, you know, difficult terrain. They're getting more rocks that they have to slow down for. The past couple of days of racing have been really, really interesting to watch. All right, tell us about it. So, you know, with the mountains comes more navigational decisions. And now that the front pack is sort of riding by themselves, everybody gets to sort of decide their own route. And some people are taking lots of navigational risks that are paying off or not. Some people are playing it very safe. It's just so interesting to watch. Um, and our front runners right now, Judith and... Bah, bah, bah. Judith Jekyll and Linda Herman. Exactly, Linda. Which, by um, the way, are... Judith has been leading since day one, since the start. And she has been making some navigational decisions that have had me and a couple other veterans going, what the heck is happening? Um, <laughs> she's taking a lot of risks. I don't know if they're ne they're necessarily planned, but they're certainly paying off for her. Um, she's she's definitely not afraid to go out of her way to Miss Mountains, and it's it's really paying off for her. And Linda Herman's right up there with her. Now, we haven't talked much about her. From what I read, she's never even owned a horse. She's a horse person and has ridden a lot of horses, but she's never owned her own horse. I don't know what country she's from either, to be honest. She's Swedish. Swedish. So she's okay. actually uh, Team Sweden. Um, and to my knowledge, I don't think that anyone from Sweden has ever won the Derby, but she's definitely a contender. Uh, looking at just her photos and her facial expressions, it just seems like she's a really tough sucker. Um, <laughs> and she's just out there uh, living her best life. So <laughs> There's been a lot of people that have been uh, bounced back to the hospital and then are now riding in the adventure category, which means they're not, they can ride to finish the race, but they're not competing for a place. Um, and there's been a variety of that. I mean, from heat stroke uh, to falling off and breaking digits. Uh, um, to just all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so we started the race with 42 riders. And from my understanding, we now have six people in the non-competitive category and two people who have just completely retired from the race. And like you said, a lot of those are fall injuries. Some of them are dehydration. And I do believe that we're going to start seeing some carry forwards for the back of the pack uh, today and tomorrow. Those Explain guys that are that. still hanging out. Right. So um, as you may imagine, organizing this race and keeping everyone together and keeping everyone within um, striking distance of vets and medics is a logistical nightmare. Uh, so if you don't make the, the mandatory minimum mileage, they will actually just throw you in a van and carry you forward on the course. Now, that will throw you into the adventure category, but you're still allowed to keep riding. So you get still get the finish. You still have to get to oh, have the adventure. You're not in for the prize money at the end, though. <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, Dang. you do miss out on getting that that tiger beer at the end <laughs> that they give everyone. For I love this sentence. Uh, uh, this rider, after being assessed and released from the SOS clinic, uh, she was cleared by doctors to come back in the field and ride in the blood wagon. I forgot about them calling it the blood wagon. Yes. So the blood wagon is a designated, um, it, usually it's a Volkswagen wagon, you know, one of those like 10 seaters and you can follow along. It sort of 
bumps around sort of uh, following the mid-pack. And so you can meet people, um, armchair quarterback their horse selection, just sort of continue to be a part of the race, even if you're not cleared to ride. I myself have been a, uh, a passenger of the blood wagon once in my day. So it's just a cool way to sort of keep yourself involved, even if there's really no safe way to get back on a horse for you. <laughs> well, it does sound like it's more comfortable. That's for sure. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it can be, <laughs> but riding, uh, riding out there with no roads in a Volkswagen wagon, uh, is not the greatest of experiences. <laughs> I think I'd much rather be riding it. So tell me that, you know, they said the lightning shows have been pretty spectacular. What do you do? I mean, you just keep going and hoping you don't get struck. Yeah, it depends. Are you religious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you pretty okay, much. Okay, Jamie, I mean, that's the full like quote can... of the week right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's only Monday, our first guest. We have our quote of the week. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, there's no trees, there's no cover to take, there's no shelter. So you just have to keep going through it pretty much. Jeez. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. That would scare the crap out of me. <laughs> I mean, we just covered the story of the lady there in Texas where the snakes fell out of the sky. I mean, you know, and I'm picturing getting hit by lightning in, in Mongolia, you know, of all places. I don't think that Mongolia has very many venomous snakes. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> silver lining, I don't think that that is something they have to worry about. I could be totally wrong. But and I apparently, don't think so. Genghis Khan and all his friends cut down all the trees because there's like no trees either. So. <laughs> Exactly. And I don't think that you're supposed to seek shelter under a tree in a lightning storm anyway. Mm. So even if there were trees, I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. I'll have to I'll have to look that up and make sure that I'm right on that. Jamie's but, um, just adding this to her list of reasons why she will never do anything adventurous like this. She's just you know what? <laughs> I'm just glad there's people like Devin in this world. <laughs> Well, there are, uh, Jamie, you, you made the comment that you're not maybe that adventurous uh, last time we spoke on Friday, but there are a ton of people, you know, in the mid-pack right now who are just having a blast and having a bunch of really good stories. And you can find all of those on the Mongol Derby Facebook page, as well as the Mongol Derby Twitter page that's now X or something. Um, they're covering and giving you sort of flavor stories for everyone in the, in the mid-pack who are having these really awesome experiences with the native Mongolian people. I saw that they were helping build a gear a couple days ago. Um, somebody gifted Micah a cucumber. I, I'm really confused about that story. Um, but, but he's been carrying it around with him like a torch. Uh, and it's pretty funny. So there's a lot of really just average people out there having the time of their life. Is Eric in charge of the social media? He is, yes. It's a it's sort of split between him and Candy, but yeah, most of the time it's it's Eric updating. Eric, and for longtime listeners, you've heard Eric. He's been on our show a hundred times, and he you can tell he's in charge of the social media. <laughs> it has his, he definitely has his a sense very of humor. Voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just be before we go any further, I just want to give everybody out there listening some information. Um, there are eight common types of snakes found in Mongolia, including the Haley's pit viper, which is a venomous snake found across Mongolia. Um, and also the adder, which is the vipera baris. It's a viper living in Mongolia. Now here's the cool thing. They only live on like plains and mountains and slopes and plateaus. They're only found there. So it should be fine. <laughs> you know, I'd never want to meet a snake that has viper in its name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was 
I will issue a retraction. I was wrong. You are going to get struck by lightning and a snake is going to fall on you. I'm so sorry. Only in Texas do snakes fall out of the sky on people mowing their lawn. That only happens in Texas. Oh, man. Like, knock wood. That's not something I've had to deal with yet, but, you know. So it does look like there's four or five that are, me, five or six maybe, that are still in contention. Not anything can happen, obviously, but um, but it, it would be amazing if this year, after the change in the rule, like you said on Friday, where they don't get to pick their horses and they're just assigned horses, if Judith could lead from, from start to finish. That'd be amazing. That would be really amazing. Um, I'll tell you who I'm watching for the next couple of uh, days is Team Pakistan. They have actually averaged more stations per day than any other team that I've been watching. And that's because they've been using teamwork to great effect. They've been sort of making sure their changeovers are really nice and tight. Uh, they've been, you know, using their time really wisely. And they've been averaging really like about four stations a day. So if they keep that up, they could catch the leaders who are who are going a little bit slower um, overall. So it's it's really anyone's game still. Are they, they and there appears to be what three or four of them? I've seen group pictures of them. Yes, they were separated yesterday by a vet penalty. They decided to split up two and two. Um, but the the lead two and the rear two, I think neither of them are out of contention. Another cute, interesting, fun story I saw was uh, the vets over there, and and they tend to highlight this because the vets do do good work over there. Obviously, the vets are there for the horses that are being ridden, but in between times, Jamie, the because, the, you know, Mongolia is very rural, and they have very little access to veterinary care, the vets will help uh, all of the families with their other animals as well, with horses, oh, with goats, awesome. with sheep. While they're there doing nothing, waiting for riders, they will, they will help all the animals. And did you see that happen when you were there? Yeah, absolutely. And intrepid medics, the people who are... are um providing health care to the riders as they need it. They also bring dedicated supplies that they source through donations and offer the same um, care to the herding families. That's so just like veterinary, yeah. So just like veterinarians are hard to come by, so are doctor visits. And they're able to, to help out a lot of people through their charity. That's really cool. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story. All right. We're going to end on that happy note. And then uh, we'll check in with you again on Wednesday and see where we're at. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we should have a winner or close to a winner by then. All right. Thanks, All Devin. Right. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. Cosequin ASU joint and hoof pellets contain quality ingredients to support joint and hoof health and leave out the fillers, molasses and alfalfa, all while delivering the taste horses love. The color of our ingredients shine through for a difference you can see. Visit CosequinEquine.com. Coming up next is Sarah Booth. Sarah Booth is a communications director and a certified therapeutic riding instructor at the Shea Center, and that's in San Juan Capistrano. Sarah, thanks for joining us from one of the most beautiful places on earth. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So you were riding a couple of years ago, right? That's correct. Tell us who you were riding and what happened that day. Sure. I was riding a warm blood named Chaco. And I was doing exercising runs with him on a trail behind the Shea Center where I work. And it's an equine facility for people with disabilities. And in that trail run or ride, um, we took a bird strike. And that obviously spooked him. And I dismounted quickly to assess the situation to see if he was hurt. And he was in flight mode and took off. Um, so I had to go find him. And when I found him, he was off a ledge 
trapped in concrete and rebarb that had been old um, flooring for something that had been there years past. And he was about 10 feet down an embankment Mm. and he was wedged um, by his flanks and he was dorsal on his back. Mm. Yeah. Um, So I jumped down, I take off his bridle and his girth. Obviously the saddle was pinned underneath him. I didn't think it looked good for Chaco and I immediately called 911. And two young equestrians heard me because they were playing with their dogs in the creek. We have to cross a creek to get onto the city trails to ride. And they came up to assist me. I threw them my phone and told them to call various people. Fire department showed up and so did some um, veterinarians from a local stable. And they had um, some fellow equestrians too. So it's kind of a community effort, but the firefighters dug him out. And when I dug him out, I realized he wasn't in his, as impaled that I thought he was on the, maybe the rebarb and the, the jagged rocks. Yeah, I was picturing this rebar through his whole body. Oh, it was just a horrible scene. And if you go look at the images, they're on social media, both the Shea Centers and um, the OCFA. You, you'll be able to see how dramatic it was. Um, anyhow, they dug him out and I saw that he was not, you know, he was bleeding a little bit from his flanks, but no punctures. And then they, um, the veterinarians had enough medication to sedate him and they airlifted him out and landed him. And then they checked him and he walked out on his own accord once he came to. Oh my gosh. It's, it was extraordinary. It took a village and it was, I'll tell you what, when I started it, I just was hoping that the vets would get there to euthanize him as soon as possible. So he wasn't suffering, but it ended with him, you know, a small miracle walking out of the park on his own to a hauler that took him to the animal hospital that observed him for two days and shipped him back to us that he's fine. There's nothing wrong with him. And this was at what, a couple of years ago? This was July 5th, 2021. Okay. And after that, because of Chaco, you you or you with in coordination with with f- the fire rescue people started a right. training program on rescuing horses. Because when we do hear about horses going off a ledge, a lot of times it's in California, <laughs> right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what happened was I was so so happy and so grateful for what the Orange County Fire Authority did for me and for Chaco that I had, along with the Shea Center, hosted a a party for them, a rescue reunion is what we called it. The vets, the two girls that assisted us, and the firefighters all came to this. The mayor was there. We made it a big event just to thank him. And during that, they walked through the stables. We told them a little bit more about what we do. And they told us that they practice these kind of rescues, but that they only use a mannequin horse. And they really just use the harness that they have to lift animals, large animals, cows, horses out of troubling situations. They couldn't use that harness situation. They had to use webbing for Chaco's case because he was in such a weird place and he was pinned. But um, they were great problem solvers and figured that out, obviously. So as we discussed this, I said, well, your firefighters don't have any horse experience. There's tons of equestrian communities in this area. Do you think it would be beneficial if we supplemented that training? And they were all for it. So we created the first ever um, technical rescue, large animal training with equines between a partnership between the OCFA and the Shea Center. 
And it was so successful that we we're doing it every year now. Wow, that's really cool. And it is scary. You know, as we know, non-horse people, a lot of them are terrified of horses just because they don't understand, right? They're big and they're scary. Um, And that's got to be true for firefighters and rescue people, too. Yes. um, A bunch of them, the first time they came through, you could see that, you know, these are professional people and they're not afraid of much. But you could see they weren't sure what to do. So after the courses, they said it's one of the best courses they've ever been to that really helped them with their with their ability to serve and um, be comfortable with the horses. And, you know, obviously they, they had a formed a bond and they felt much better about their jobs and being able to perform them. We, we have a lot of success stories. And actually a couple of weeks ago, there was another horse rescue where the Chase Center assisted the fire authority. Again, it wasn't one of our horses, but we assisted and they landed the horse in our open arena and um, he had fallen off a trail and they, the firefighters that were there had attended our training and said it was so helpful. And even um, three weeks ago, there was a firefighter that talked to us and we posted the story is he helped a woman in Casper's Wilderness Ranch with her horse that had gone down. And he ended up walking that horse house, but he said he was able to build trust because he knew all the terms to use, like the halter, the lead rope. And I never even thought about that aspect of it, but he helped the um, owner of that horse feel comfortable so he could lead the horse and she could get on her phone and call for some other help and assistance. Look Hmm. at this. You're the perfect example of a woman who you had a a trauma happen and you came out of it not as a victim. You came out of it as like empowered, like, how can I help other people and use my experience? And girl, you just got some stuff done. That's awesome. Well, thank you for that. It feels really good to be able to help others because I know how I felt when I was in that situation. Oh, so, so let's let's say, imagine one of our listeners is in, and this is a situation that we all hope we don't get in, and and probably Absolutely. very few of us will get in. But when you do, it sucks. So, <laughs> so what? Everyday rider out there, and you you fall off a cliff. Let's say it's not far, you know, not a hundred feet. That's a different story. But <laughs> you know, your horse, you're down there. Your horse might be upside down. You just might be stuck on a ledge down a hill. What do you do? What 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 is what does a first obviously try and call for help? But how do you keep your horse calm in that situation too? Well, yeah, that's a great question, and I'm so glad you asked it because I'm still. I feel so grateful to Chaco because he did trust me. And that was the point before anybody got there. I was there with him for 15 minutes by myself. So I tried to make him as comfortable as possible by first removing the equipment that I could that was on him. And then I just stroked him and I talked to him and he, he, you know, he could have killed me. I had my helmet on, I kept it on and I was at his belly and he could have kicked me, but he didn't. He did remain calm. And um, it was extraordinary because I was expecting him to be flailing, but he listened and I think what the, the lesson is, is horses will reflect back to you what you're feeling. And I think the fact that I remained calmed and thought that I'd be able to get him some help, no matter what that help was, I think that really translated. And he was able to to go with me on that. And it's this is a horse I've been riding for years. Yeah. So it's he a knew perfect me. example. Yeah. Horses synchronize their adrenaline. And so if you kept yours low, he's going to keep his low. But how many of those horse people have we seen that just like, oh, my. You know, and then the horse gets like totally upset. It's just like, calm down, calm down. That calm happens down. every time a horse <laughs> runs away at a show. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> everybody's yeah. screaming, run away horse. And then the horse is running faster. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. you know, as fellow horse people, I've, I've been riding since I was five years old. I, I've seen a lot and I know it's best to remain calm and think. 
the other thing is I work for an organization that puts people with disabilities on horses. So we are very safety minded. We're very thoughtful. So I think all this training really helped. I'm sure it did. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's going to help. Plus, very few of us get in that situation, and you did have training for it. So uh, it was in a different way, but it was still the same training. Uh, they just published the paper on the study um, that we we talked about a while ago, but they just published the paper. And it, what it was showing was that horses, they're proving that horses can discriminate between uh, vocal expressions of sadness and joy. Right. Yeah. So, and it's the same thing here, right? If you're upset, they're going to be upset. And that, what they showed was the heart rate went up. Uh, you know, at, even with uh, sadness, their heart rate went down. With joy, their heart rate went up. With fear, I'm sure it was a whole different level. Right. Yeah. So, so Chaco, let's talk about Chaco went back to the therapeutic center and did more with it, right? <laughs> yeah. He was rescued and he started rescuing others as he'd done in the past. So, he was part of our adaptive riding program or um, kids and adults. He was part of our military program, which is one of our fastest growing programs. And he helped soldiers, former soldiers with PTSD. Um, and he's also what we call a schoolmaster. And you know what that is, yep. but he helped others learn how to ride and our staff learn how to lunge and do the things we need to do to keep our horses happy. Did he ever go back on a trail with a cliff again? He went back on the small trails, but we didn't take him out into the big trails. No. <laughs> <laughs> if I was Chaco, I'd say, hell trails. no, I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it's really risen because of uh, that he couldn't. It was just, we didn't want to push fate. <laughs> and, and so many people loved him that we just wanted to keep him where we could keep an eye on him, not have to do the bigger hills. <laughs> Having been attacked by a turkey once when riding in the Smoky oh Mountains, gosh. I get the, I get exactly how he felt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, he was he was awesome. He he got right back into the program. He it's a spectacular resilience that horses have, you know, and it it teaches you a lot. Well, now I'm going to post a picture of Chaco had a retirement party. Tell us about that. Ah, uh, yeah. So Chaco, he's a 22 year old horse, and he started to develop cataracts. And since he had such a nice five year tenure with us, and um, we thought he deserved his retirement. And there was a wonderful place in Fallbrook, just uh, a little south of us, that took, our, took two of our other retirees. And so we decided to send him off to Fallbrook. And we had a little party to send him off. And some of the um, clients showed up. Obviously, the staff was there. And the um, Orange County Fire 30 firefighters showed up as well, especially Aww. grateful to Captain Danny Goodwin for bringing his crew and his truck down. And it was just really a fun day and a celebration to thank everybody again for, you know, the community effort that made this, as you mentioned, something that was uh, tragic, a triumph. That's really cool. Well, good for him. He gets to retire and eat grass the rest of his life. Yeah, I actually took him down to his retirement. He's very happy. They give us reports and they post about it too. <laughs> <laughs> so San Juan Capistrano, that's a huge horsey area, right? Very much so. Rich history of um, an equestrian activity. It's got the riding park. It's got, a, you know, the cowboy culture and the ranch culture. You know, the whole place used to be a ranch. Is it mostly Western or is there some English or both? Oh, no, it's a mix of everything. And I'm actually a member of the San Juan Equestrian Coalition. And that's where we, uh, it's a nonprofit that keeps the equestrian vibe alive and well in the area. Very cool. Well, where can people find out more about what you do and, and your website and stuff? Sure. It's shaycenter.org. And that is 
H-E-A-C-E-N-T-E-R.org. Well, thank you for joining us today and telling us the story of this amazing horse. We really appreciate it. And thank you for doing the good work you're doing to help save other horses and people. You, you bet. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than spalding fly predators. Today, we're sponsored by Purina Animal Nutrition with three research-backed ration balancers to fill nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Enrich Plus delivers a concentrated source of proteins, vitamins, and minerals without unnecessary calories. Enrich Plus Senior features ActiveAge prebiotic technology and Outlast supplement for aging easy keepers. Omega Match is rich in omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin E, great for horses without access to green grass. Find a ration balancer for your horse at PurinaMills.com slash ration balancers or visit your local feed store. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Man, I got two today. I'm going to fill you in your with two. First world problems. And, and one just came to me as I looked out the window right here <laughs> at the horses. Okay. So um, equestrian first world problems. Uh, if you have a problem and it's horse related, it is a first world problem because that's the way we live. And uh, these are all submitted by our friends and our listeners that are auditors. And if you want to become an auditor, how do they do that, Glenn? Just go to horseradionetwork.com or horsesinthemorning.com and click on the auditor banner right there on the homepage. Okay, well, we'll start with mine first. And and the, the, the one that I just noticed right out the window is so I have, you know, Fat Bill, Fat Billy, the paint that came to me. And Fat Billy, uh, well, he, he lives in a muzzle, or he's supposed to. And my grass is really, really tall right now. And so he and the Andalusian are wearing muzzles. And I use the Green Guard muzzles because they're the best. And you, they can't get them off. You can't get them off, Glenn. They're not supposed <laughs> to be getting them off. I'm not kidding you. I just bought an extra. I bought a new one because I'm like, I'm going to get the, have like the raspberry pink ones. And this horse is going to wear fat bill. is going to get a raspberry pink muzzle because I can see it. But the problem is green guard made cause their name is green guard. They made green muzzles and I was <laughs> on board right when the company started and I bought all these stupid green muzzles. And I can't find them in the tall grass. So <laughs> I just bought a pink Your mower will find them. The bush hog will find them. The problem is, yeah, they're going to hay it, and I'm going to chop it up into a million pieces when they go to cut the dang hay because I, I, I can't find it. I have driven. I even had to. Lucas had a friend spend the night, and I was like, all right, five bucks to the person who spots it. I put him in the back of the ranger and they stood up on the back and I drove around the freaking pasture like at least six times. And I'm smashing down the hay. It's supposed to be hay. Cause of course, fat bill got out into the hay field and lost the muzzle. And now he's lost two. I just looked out and he's not wearing it again. So now there's two muzzles out in my pasture somewhere here. So here's the first world problem. My horses are too fat. Uh, my grass is too tall and my muzzle is green. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's going to be a real world problem when it ends up in a round bale. 
Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm like, they're going to be eating. I'll find it in February when they eat around this big plastic square that's out there. And they're not They like my Andalusian has never taken his off. Knock on wood, because they don't come off. And he's got the halter with like the front straps and the side straps and all the straps. And but what he does is, of course, because he's fat, sweaty Bill, he's super itchy. So he like rubs his face and his body all along the trees, trees that are out of the pasture. And then just like, oh, I'm losing my mind with this horse. <laughs> That's why my pony's in a dry lot, I'm not wearing the muzzle. <laughs> yeah, don't have dry lots, Glenn. Don't have dry lots. <laughs> You need one of those. <laughs> well, he's been in the arena for the last three or four days. And I was like, I found, I got, got a new muzzle, put it on him. And I just looked outside and he's not wearing it. <laughs> it's been an hour. <laughs> okay. I can relate. Uh, I relate to that problem. Mm, mm, mm. I'm di- Nails. That's how he's going to, I'm going to attach it next yeah, time. Staples, just staple it on. Just staple it yep. on. Uh, Flossie said, I okay, now we don't encourage that just in case anybody's thinking that. No, that's idea. not real. No. We're not really doing that. <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't have to say that. I Super know. <laughs> cool, maybe, but nothing else. Um, Flossie says, I found these really amazing grain free vanilla cupcake horse treats and they smell so good that I want to eat them myself. And she should have ended there, but she didn't. Oh, <laughs> so except when you taste it. If you taste them, they don't taste anything like they smell. Flossie, that indicates you're eating horse cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer tries all the, the If they say that they are all natural, at when we'd go to Wisa Nada, she would try them. I'd like everyone if they said they were natural. And I don't think they ever taste quite like the advertising. No, but horses eat grass, and yeah. I'm not going to eat that. So yeah, it's cool. That's true. Um, Margaret Hay's says. Hay's kind of chewy for people, too. So. Yeah, it kind of balls up on your gut. <laughs> uh, Margaret says, I keep losing the right-handed glove. So now I have a collection of left-handed gloves, and I can't even mix and match. And she posted a picture. One, two, three, four, five left-handed gloves. <laughs> How do you do that? You need to start losing the other hand. I know. Stop taking off the Although, right one later. The first. other day we had to move something that was really gross, and I opened the truck, and all I could find was two left-handed gloves. I couldn't find the right. Did you put anywhere. one on upside down? I no, I didn't actually. I didn't do that. I moved. I it think with it's because we we take that one off first if you're right-handed because you need to swipe your phone, and then you put it like on your lap, and then you stand up because you forget about it, then you lose that one. So it's always the right one. And this was in Jennifer's messy truck. So this is probably in there somewhere. Oh, well, it's in there. Just a look. (laughs) Um, Anna says, I tried a new bit for my gelding and he went so much better in it. But now I need to buy it and it's Mylar and they're so expensive. (laughs) They are expensive. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Hillary says, organizing my traveling tack trunk and finally found my wraparound neck fan. The one that would have been great. In July, when we had a heat wave. <laughs> the problem is you didn't organize your tack trunk because it was too dang hot to be doing anything that you'd have to do. So I get it. Uh, Carrie says, I got a fancy Haas grooming kit for my horses. And it includes a special combination of brushes for each coat color. Except, except black and bay use the same set. But I have two horses. And one is black and one is bay. So do I need to get two sets? <laughs> She already knows the answer to that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Why are you asking? Yeah. If you wanted a certain answer, you'd ask your husband. If you want a different answer, you'd ask us. <laughs> I, say, I always say people go to advice 
to the people that they are going to tell them what they want to hear. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's uh-huh. true. Yep. Uh, Jenny says, I bought a I new... I think they quit therapists me- for the same reason. Yeah. That therapist didn't tell me what I like. I'm going to go to a different one. It's like totally a jerk because they won't let me <laughs> do math. <laughs> uh, Jenny says, I bought a new to me truck three weeks ago. Yay. And I still can't figure out how to connect my phone so I can listen to HRN and my Bluetooth. <laughs> You know, all trucks, especially new ones, come with a book. Yeah, you know, they don't, they don't come with books anymore. I had to specifically ask for the one for my car because they just do it all online now. Everything um, is you online. Don't even get I'm the like, book? I don't want to stare at my phone I'm while I'm trying to connect my phone. New trucks cost $70,000 and they're not giving me a $20 book. I want a dang phone book in my, I want, <laughs> yeah, I want to know right. everything. I no, mean, I had geez. to specifically ask for my, they were like, we don't carry those. And I was like, well, you're going to carry one. Cause I'm not buying the car for that one. You know, we're, you know, so yours was a brand new car and there was no book. There was no book, but they did find one for me. (laughs) It's amazing how that happened. It's amazing. (laughs) But they didn't come with floor mats. And I'm like, I need some floor mats. They're like, well, this one comes with a cargo net. I'm like, that's like a $12 stuffed animal net that I could buy on Amazon. (laughs) It's funny what they do think, uh, it's funny what they do think that uh, uh, the va- valuable stuff to throw in is. And well, it's always jokes like, on them. I just got a coupon in the mail for accessories that's 25% off. So it's like it's free, Glenn, <laughs> and I'm buying them. Um, Adrian says, I, don't my think, husband- I think there's more markup on auto accessories than there is on horse accessories. Oh my God. And then I go on Amazon. I'm like, I can just find something that's appropriate on Amazon and like, I, I, nothing is, they, they match it exactly specific. So like each button is in the right place. So it's like pointless to buy mats that don't fit. I have to buy the expensive ones. I'll tell you what we can't live without. Now we don't have a kid, so you probably can't do this, but we cannot live without the pet hammocks that go on the back seat. You know what I'm talking about? Do you Uh, have pets that you put in your car? No, but when you put the pet hammock in, anything you put on the seat won't fall off the seat. So when you do groceries and stuff like that, it holds it on the seat because it stops stuff from falling off the seat. That's way fancier than the um, bed sheet that I put on. (laughs) (laughs) It's so nice. We put the pet hammock back there. We leave it back there. Now, we don't have people riding in our back seat, but anything you throw back there will not fall on the floor. It's It's a good idea. That's a good idea. Dang it. I don't like telling you you have a good idea. <laughs> it's it's <sighs> wonderful with groceries because, you know, they always like fall out of the bags and all that stuff and they're on the floor. Don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, fine. I'll look it up. <laughs> um, Adrian says, and she'd done this one before, but didn't hear it. And so submitted it again because it actually happened again. <laughs> um, so here you go, Adrian. I feel like you should have learned. Wait a because- Let's wait one more week and see if it happens a third time. Yeah, we're not going to cover this one. Um, My husband and I were getting the barn ready for the horses. And it started pouring down rain as soon as we were done. Yay! So we ran to the house frantically, of course. And I had a glass of wine with me, and I didn't spill a drop. But now it's all watered down because it rained in the glass. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the second time? This is the second time this happened. See, we could have uh, waited. There would have been a third time on this one, I have a feeling. Well, here's what I would like for the third time is I will give you a dollar if you will video, somebody will video you run and try to keep water out of your wine glass as you're running in the pouring rain drinking wine. Because I just, that's just, I just love it. I love that vision, <laughs> the visual. Um, Kim says this, no, Kim, uh, Glenn, 
keep your mouth shut, okay? Okay. What I'm about to say, right, you don't quiet. get to say right. a dang thing right. about. Because right, I now. am with Kim on this one. My credit card had a fraud alert. And you know when that happens, you have to like call the bank and they have to go through all the purchases with you and all this stuff. She says, so my, my credit card had a fraud alert. So now my husband knows exactly how much money my next horse joke costs. <laughs> And as we know, that ain't cheap. <laughs> I told you, you keep your mouth. Well, shut. I just said it wasn't cheap. It's free, okay? <laughs> Clearly, and then, well, I'm sure. I didn't say it wasn't it. worth it. I just said it was. It was not cheap. Do you know what probably happened? He's, he's like, oh wow, that's all. That's great. Yes, you should do this more often. You only spent a thousand dollars to win that ribbon this weekend. It was worth it. <laughs> Allison says my pony's insulin levels were high, and the vet told me to soak his hay. So now I have to get dressed to go soak hay before I have my morning coffee, and I just want to sit and drink coffee. <laughs> Why do we even own horses? I know I say that every week, but. Linda says, I finally found the perfect saddle. Notice I ignored you on that one. And no, I finally found the perfect saddle for my new guy and for me. It fits both so well and the leather is lovely. It's my first ever brand new saddle. But after years of Wintex, now I have to learn how to like pamper the new baby and like wait for its first boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> and clean it on a regular basis. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh, Nicole says, I work in elementary education and the summer of riding is... Is officially over. Oh, I guess school is starting everywhere, isn't it? Yes, it is. Lucas goes back on the 6th, 15th or 16th. So his is a little later. Most of the schools are starting this week. Arizona started last week. It's so weird because I grew up in Pennsylvania where school did not start till after Labor Day. Yeah, Labor Day to yeah. Memorial Day. Yeah. yeah, it did not start till the day after Labor Day. Well, back in, back in our day. <laughs> <laughs> did you start after uh, Labor Day in Georgia? I think so, yeah. Yeah, see, I mean, the reason ours didn't start sooner than that was there was no air conditioning in our school in Pennsylvania. Exactly. You'd and die. that's the thing is they would say that you're going to start later because it costs less to run the AC. And it doesn't make any sense that now Arizona starts on like the second every year, which is crazy. Um, yeah, we didn't even have air conditioning. There were no air conditioning in the school. You opened the windows, the ones that opened. <laughs> now, the last one, and I always say uh, my favorite for last, uh, sometimes if I remember. Uh, Katya says, my <laughs> my foals doo-doo balls are too small and fall through the cracks of the poop fork, so cleaning this doll takes forever. <laughs> you, need a, you need a new fork. <laughs> uh, the doo doo balls. That is a name we haven't heard for that. Uh, My doo doo balls are too small. (laughs) All right, we're going to be here. I have a little bit I want to talk to you about in the post show. So, auditors, hang on. But I do have a quote to end today's show. I saw this right before we started. Whatever you do today, do it with the confidence of a four year old in a Batman t shirt. Heck yeah, brother. Baby or girl. (laughs) 